Hello and welcome everyone to episode 116 of the App EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between June 4th and June 10th, 2023, which will be about an update on fundraising for Aptera and new developments in charging infrastructure. Hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. The first story of the week is going to be a quick one, and it's about fundraising at Aptera. Aptera sent out an email stating that they are pausing investment after midnight tonight. That's June 11th, and it's midnight Pacific Standard Time. Uh, But they're pausing all new investments uh, from essentially unaccredited investors. According to the email, in order to continue Aptera's crowdfunding, the SEC, that's the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States, an agency, uh, requires us to temporarily pause and file updated documentation. The email goes on to state that they'll still take investments from accredited investors through a Regulation D offering. Basically, if you're an accredited investor, you can keep putting money into the company. If you're not, you're a regular person, which is the in terms of numbers, not necessarily in terms of investment, but the largest group of people who have invested money through various crowdfunding platforms into Aptera thus far. Midnight tonight, June 11th, is the deadline before they pause receiving new new investments. And without knowing more details about what the specific documentation that Aptera must file in order to remain basically in line with whatever the SEC is requiring, my first thought when I read this email was the role of the chief financial officer at the company. Janice Burlingame, who was previously the CFO, she moved on into an advisory role with the company back in October. And according to filings that you could review at that time, I believe that it was co-CEO Chris Anthony who began serving as temporary CFO for Aptera. And my theory is that there was basically a time limit on when you could have someone in a temporary role and not in a, a permanent officer in the the financial oversight auditing or whatever position of the company if they wanted to continue if you're trying to continue going on representing the company and doing crowdfunding and so that deadline will pass at some point and since they didn't find someone who could fill in that permanent role they're basically stopping. That's, again, that's just my theory. I don't, I don't have any special information. And the company is likely trying to find a someone to serve a permanent role in, in the chief, chief financial officer position. Once they do that, that's when they'll reopen and they'll end the pause. Again, that's why they're, they're not saying, oh, we're done crowdfunding. That, to me, would indicate that they either met all their targets and they were perfectly happy or they had run afoul of something and they were concerned, then that I, that's what I think would lead them to stop this crowdfunding overall. But the fact that they're pausing, it just indicates to me that there's some sort of hiccup, some sort of ruling, and they mentioned the SEC. And so they're trying to make sure everything is all right, everything's in order. Once that happens, they will reopen the, the their crowdfunding. Um, continuing on that, that note, speaking about on the topic of fundraising for Aptera, there are currently only, as of right now, I just checked, 
786 spots remaining within the accelerator program, which means that 1,214 people have made new investments totaling little over $17 million through the accelerator program. And what's especially noteworthy is that the email from Aptera about pausing investments that just came out that I received that on Friday. And in that email, they quote a number as 1,100 people have invested through the accelerator program, which means that as soon as they sent that out, over 100 people immediately jumped on board and got in with their investment. So that that's a tremendous amount of momentum. And that shortly, and I, I don't expect that, you know, I'm going to check back in a few hours and there's only going to be a few hundred left or they're going to go through all of those remaining slots. But, you know, I've been checking the leaderboard every week or so. The investments, they have been steady. It's been consistent. And that reflects some of the language in the email that it has surpassed the expectations of the company. This is, I don't know how many people they believed would actually go in for this investment, but yeah, they they have gone above and beyond what they thought they would get um, from the accelerator program. Um, I'm I'm sure if if there are if there are more people who are eager to get their investment in and are concerned about the pause. Again, my thought is that they're going to reopen this up after they get someone after they whatever they figure out what's going on with the SEC, they figure that out. They'll reopen it, but just based off the the pace of of these slots filling up on the accelerator program, you know, there's, I thought that it was going to take them another few months to get through that. It, it may actually go a lot quicker. And, and that's, that's surprising in, in a good way for, for the company. So hopefully there will be an announcement about the, this investment pause or pause in fundraising. This will stop soon. So stay tuned. The next story of the week is about the North American Charging Standard, formerly known as the Tesla Charging Standard, or, or essentially the plug that was created by Tesla for their vehicles in order to charge charge their vehicles. They changed the name to the North American Charging Standard. I think that was in maybe January of this year as part of broader moves where they were opening up their overall supercharging network. But back when Aptera started that campaign to encourage the U.S. to adopt this standard, I have to say, I was skeptical of any movement occurring at the U.S. government level, basically saying that, oh, you know, we're going to mandate that that all new chargers go with this North American charging standard. But I, I was I was skeptical of of their of their really being of, of there being movement as a, as a result of that petition, even though tens of thousands of people did sign that petition. And so when the company then went on to announce that as Aptera that they would be using the North American charging standard and that the supercharging network was going to open up and Aptera were going to get access to some of those charging stations, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised. So I went from, I was skeptical that their petition was going to lead to any government movement and then that the company just went all in on that charging standard. I was pleasantly surprised. And so I think that going from skeptical to pleasantly surprised, the best emotion to capture my reaction to first Ford and now General Motors last Thursday announcing that they will also be using the North American charging standard to be complete shock. And I guess maybe that's related to this being an electric vehicle or electric focused podcast, but just complete and utter shock. Never saw that coming in in a million years. Even though 
the the current charging standards you know ccs plugs or chatamo even those those are clunky less efficient and i'd never heard any engineer say anything good about them i still didn't think that the big that massive oems the massive automakers would alter their manufacturing processes to use this north american charging standard even though it would save them money and or theoretically it would save them money and it's a more efficient high-speed charging option i just didn't see it coming and so i have i have a few thoughts on this this massive announcement first from ford and, and now from from gm the the first is that um, with the Ford and GM vehicles using the, the supercharging network, you know, whether the supercharging network can absorb this increased capacity and demand from this emerging fleet of EVs that is growing more and more each year, each quarter from Ford and GM. From Ford alone, they announced recently that they had plans to increase production just of their Lightning pickup truck to 150,000 vehicles per year. So that's that's not their Mustang Mach-E, which is their other marquee EV. Their pickup truck, they're saying they're going to make 150,000 vehicles per year. So that's just Ford. We're not counting GM with its its ungodly Hummer EV, but also they have the Chevy Bolt EV. They have a whole range of vehicles that they're that they're coming out and all of these vehicles are now going to have access to the, the supercharging network. And charging infrastructure, that's that's been a huge problem for electric vehicles in the U.S. It's also a big advantage that Tesla owners have had uh, for, for years. They've had access to this widespread high-speed network that works, that is maintained. And there have been, every now and then, I've heard issues as Tesla grew as a company after the Model 3, Whereas before, you would rarely see a, a supercharging station completely full. After the Model 3 came out, that started becoming more and more common. And this was just one automaker. But you had Tesla owners complaining that there weren't enough space, there weren't enough plugs to charge all of the vehicles. And now we have Ford and GM getting access to the supercharging network. So, you know, what is the capacity to... to to absorb that when we were talking about aptera the 30,000 or so initial vehicles that were going to be the u.s i didn't think that was going to be a big problem for the supercharging network but ford and gm those that's a completely different animal and i suspect that the management of the increased wear and tear on these superchargers is going to cause a a lot of headaches i mean even just communicating which superchargers are going to be available is going to be a challenge because initially, when Aptera announced that they were going to be using the North American charging standard, that they were going to get access to the supercharging network, I didn't realize that that announcement, as well as language and wording from Tesla, didn't meant that it's not the entirety of the supercharging network that is actually open to other automakers. You know, all if you if you have a Tesla, you have access to the entirety of the supercharging network. But but just like they've done in Europe. They're actually only starting with some of their stations um, to to start off with. And so there's going to be some confusion where people are going to think, oh, I have access to the supercharging network. There's a supercharger and they're going to go to it and they're not going to realize that, no, unless you have a Tesla, you, you can't use that. And, and so until there's complete parity where all of the, the charging stations are available, I think there's going to be some confusion and now that confusion is going to be compounded by the fact that, you know, right now we're talking about 
four automakers are going to have access to this network. That's that's Tesla, GM vehicles, Ford vehicles, and and Aptera, You know, coming in in terms of the volume, it's going to be the the least um, overall. In any case, that's something to monitor going forward. The second major takeaway that I have is that this really feels like an unequivocal validation of the Aptera team regarding the North American charging standard technology and its, its adoption with the vehicle. I think it would it's easy to be dismissive of a small startup that is going with one piece of technology over another because they are saying that it's the best available option. But when you have two of the largest automakers on the planet agreeing with you, it really throws a lot of momentum behind statements that Aptera was saying over a year ago that no this is the best standard this is the most efficient one this is the one that we want to use i mean you could go back the first video that i saw of aptera back in i guess it would have been 2019 when they or maybe it was a uh, uh, or yeah i guess it would have been december 2019 when they had the reveal of the aptera vehicle and people spotted that they there was a tesla plug in there so you're talking about back when they relaunched the company they started with that that charging standard and they believed in in that standard and now we have the rest of the auto industry is is really is catching up with yeah you know we're not going to go with this these clunky clunky plugs and it it just it illustrates to me how the aptera team they are thoughtful in their planning and, and what they're selecting in terms of suppliers and options for the vehicle and the last takeaway that i have is is really just immense relief that this whole charging standards war this Betamax versus VHS that we were we've been doing in the US that it looks like it's finally nearing its end you know I I'm eagerly awaiting the day that these clunky CCS plugs are are just obsolete and as an added bonus um, you know most new charging stations if they're going to be built with the the North American charging standard in mind then that should in theory save a lot of money in terms of infrastructure development which should allow more charging stations more high-speed charging stations to be built faster than they otherwise would have been you know if 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 the demand for charging companies and entities is you know if there's significant demand right now there is for obviously there's for for tesla vehicles but you know if you're a supplier you know there wasn't really the same kind of incentive to try to outcompete Tesla for their own charging network. But when you've got multiple companies all using this standard, now that's going to drive these these different companies to start using the standard, the standard that costs less, that allows it more high-speed charging. It's just there's it's just a uh, a multiple a, a real positive feedback loop of in terms of the the speed of investment and the quality of the product. And, you know, the this isn't really a, a main takeaway, but, you know, the sort of underlying thing that that is kind of funny with this conversation when you think about Aptera is that this whole conversation about charging standards, it's kind of it's not a moot point for Aptera owners, but it is just kind of it's kind of a, a funny aside of like, oh, yeah, you know, like that's a that's a real big issue for for people who own electric vehicles which is, that's kind of a, a funny thing to know because, you know, unless you're on a road trip, you know, 95% of the driving needs that people will have, that most people will do, the solar charging on an Aptera, as well as just a regular outlet, that will do just fine for anyone who owns an Aptera. And so the entire charging infrastructure 
changing in a way that makes it even better, even easier to charge quickly if you're on a road trip or a long trip of any kind. You know, that's good news, but it in a lot of ways it it doesn't really matter that much, which I guess is what went into, you know, my initial statements of or initial skepticism when Aptera started that petition. I was kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter for Aptera, you know, what what the charging standard is in the US. You know, most people aren't going to use it, but it's still it's good policy and it's good in the, the big picture. It will help to facilitate electric vehicle adoption, which will ultimately be good for reducing the emissions that are coming from the transportation sector. In any case, some really great and surprising news from GM and, and Ford. I don't expect that the German automakers or other automakers will make the change from CCS given the ubiquity within Europe. But either way, I see this as a strong endorsement of Aptera's vision for how vehicle infrastructure should be built. And that's going to be positive for future Aptera owners. To say the least, that is going to be a massive positive. But yeah, I I think all of this does is is it's, it's going to help build more momentum, more positive momentum to drive people to then start asking other questions, hopefully, about like, well, if that good, that one piece of technology was better, maybe there's something else that these companies could be doing as well. And maybe that will hopefully lead them down the efficiency rabbit hole that that I've gone as well. In any case, great news and and hopefully more automakers um, or other companies operating in the US will, will follow suit. And that concludes episode 116 of the App EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. App EVs is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to appevspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.